Welcome to the Football Ramble. Liverpool lift the trophy on the cop. Brentford fall just short, which means West Brom are Premier League. It's Thursday, the 23rd of July. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. It was the final night of the championship and what a bloody night it was as well. It was crazy. So many things changing from minute to minute and it was just brilliant to watch as a football fan, wasn't it? It's just unbelievable, isn't it? It's so consistently good. The championship reminds me of like a sort of thriving underground music scene that's like <laughs> way more interesting than what you're hearing on the radio. And like, but there's maybe about, you know, two bands are definitely going to definitely gonna sort of go mainstream soon and start their, their <laughs> new scene and there's you know, maybe about four others where you think one of them's a prospect. It's just like, it's just so exciting. So good. I've never felt more excited about the possibility and the permutations since I last saw Jules Breach with a cocktail menu. (laughs) What's she going to order? Could be anything. It could be anything. Could be everything. Yeah, probably will be everything. One of each. Light she martini is my favourite. Yeah, is that right? Good to know. Strawberry daiquiri. Good to know. All of them. All of the above. Do you know what? It was just a mad night, but it was so exciting watching everything change. And it was actually nice to be a neutral and not have the pain of everything changing and and getting your hopes up and then them being destroyed a minute later. So it was actually nice to watch as a neutral. I kind of took it all in watching the soccer special with Jeff and the boys. Yeah, huge um, um, night for fans of the phrase, as it stands, (laughs) everywhere. Because every time you hear it as it stands, you're like, okay, what's it going to be? And and, it, it also delivered through the entire evening because... As as we as we as we discussed on the WhatsApp briefly, like on on survival days, whatever they call them, survival Sunday, this and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's a bit of a damp squib. If, if it's, you, you need a certain result to get everything going, because that means that the other teams around the country hear that that's happening. Yeah. They've got to do this and they've got to do that. If the one team or the two or three teams, whatever it may be, that need to get a result don't look like getting one, because because the best thing that could have happened was was West Brom not looking like they were going to win. Yeah, and that that got everyone going. And Absolutely. you've got and you've got Barnsley look obviously getting going doing their thing against Brentford, which has huge permutations all over the all over the table. It was incredible to watch. It but was also, it was the it was the kind of the status of the matches as well. As you say, there was so much to play for at both the top and the yeah. bottom of the table. But Three the, teams could have been promoted, and eight teams had a chance of being relegated. Mm. But the fact that Barnsley, who were bottom of the table playing against Brentford at the top of the table you expect that result to go one way and when it starts going the other it's just so exciting because you think this is all the players putting their absolute everything into this last game of the season yeah but and but even within that like they went one up you thought, oh, this is amazing. They get pegged back. You think, oh, maybe it's not going to happen. And they win it in, like, what was it, the 91st yeah, minute? Like, it's just time. Even that had a mad little narrative within itself. It just, was... just after Ollie, not long after Ollie Watkins had an amazing chance to put Brentford 2-1 up, which he yeah. didn't even connect mm. with. And that was a really, really unlucky and, and unfortunate series of games, well, the last two games for Brentford, because they dominated the game really against Stoke had the lion's share of possession, had loads more shots and obviously ended up losing 1-0. And then this this happens with Barnsley. I mean, because you think that... I know I know it was reliant on a West Brom result, but West Brom obviously did slip up. So what you can, what you can essentially say is, is if Brentford won their last game at home against one of the worst teams in the division they would have been promoted. They'd have taken that all day long, yeah. especially on the run they went on since the, since the, the game came back. So 
incredible turn of, turn of events. I feel sorry for them, although they are a club moving in the right direction, got a new stadium, they, they run themselves, seem to run themselves in the right way. So there's a lot of reasons to be positive about Brentford, but looking at the, um, uh, the, the expressions on the faces of the players, and I know I always say this when a team finishes third the championship, I think you'd be foolish to back them to win the playoff. Oh yeah, mm. it's got to wreck your head for the playoff, a situation like that. You've got such a big job as the manager there to actually lift the players and... and get them up for what's going to be, you know, some pretty full-blooded, tough games. It's exciting TV as well. It, it really is. is. So good. You, you, so been good to I had I had West Brom QPR on the, on the other TV, but you, you'd be an absolute mug not to watch the uh, the, the, the updates as they go. The soccer yeah. special, yeah. yeah. So I had soccer special on my telly and then I had Liverpool-Chelsea on my iPad. So I was watching kind of like two screens and we will talk about Liverpool lifting the trophy a bit later on and that mad game at Anfield, eight-goal thriller to end uh, Liverpool's last home game of their championship winning season. Um, but... I, so I had it on a split screen as well. And the soccer special was just so exciiting. It was yeah. just drama after drama. And, and Jeff just does an amazing job, doesn't he? Do you feel of sorry for Big Paul Merton? Um, not really. I do, because he just seems so confused all the time. <laughs> yeah. There was a he point. Had a little telly, didn't he? Yeah, there was a point where he <laughs> said, oh, I've missed the Luton goal because yeah. I'm watching it on a really little telly. Yeah, I want someone at that point to say, no, the telly's just further away, Paul. Just bring it closer, <laughs> bring it closer. Paul, you're squinting. There's a list. There's a li- and I've, I've got conflictions. I've got a confliction or conflicted emotions um, with Paul because he obviously a legend at Portsmouth and, and you know helped us get promoted to the Premier League and stuff and he was brilliant but he is always confused and alongside mm. Martin Keown and Jonathan Pearce they seem confused more regularly than should be acceptable <laughs> for a professional live broadcaster you know mm. I just don't think that should be part of it you should give the air of knowing what's happening that's a, that's a prerequisite, right? Yeah. And I know it can be a bit charming occasionally when the mask flips. You're like, oh, I'm a human being too. But if you do that all the time, yeah. you, don't, you don't give a football player. Like when Lionel Messi makes a mistake, people always take to Twitter and go, oh, he is human. Yeah. yeah. If Lionel Messi did that all the time, he wouldn't be a good football player. It's the same <laughs> principle, right? So that's, why I, that's how I feel about Paul, although I, I do feel sorry for him. But one person I did love on Soccer Special was a, I know someone who's a big favourite in this part of the world, in this parish, big Gareth Ainsworth. Oh, yes. So at the start, I thought, ooh, Gareth Ainsworth is a pundit tonight. This will be interesting because punditry isn't easy. Let's mm. just remember that. A lot of people think that you just rock up and you can just sit there and watch a football game yes. and speak. It is a lot more tricky than... Not like being in the pub, is it? No, it's not, ex- it's not the same. And I thought, well, I wonder how he's going to get on. But he's so charismatic and he's so yeah. interesting and, and different. When you get, actually, you get I thought Sean, he was really good. Were you getting Sean Bean vibes from him? <laughs> he's, he kinda, he's got a bit of the Sean Bean kind of, you know, um, sharp type vibe. Yeah. All, all it was missing was... Sean Bean in a band. Yeah, basically. But he didn't say bastard enough. Shame. He's a bastard. Imagine we said that every five minutes, like Sean Bean. <laughs> but the thing about um, Gareth Ainsworth as well was that he um, he, he he knew, and that sounds mad, because but then obviously he sat next to you know Paul Merson or whatever. But he <laughs> he knew a lot of the players, a lot of the protagonists from the night's events quite intimately. And he talked quite well about the, the QPR forward, uh, um, what's his name, Everett's Easy. Yeah. Um, so not yeah, a goal from him. Yeah, brilliant goal. And he said Look, he's a really great talent. He's one of the best talents I've worked with, and here's why. And it was actually genuinely insightful. And when they cut to him. And the big hair and the headphones. He just looked great. Yeah. He just looked great. I love his little beaded necklace that you can see just on the side of yeah. his shirt as Gap well. Gap your necklace. <laughs> yeah. He's got, a, he's got a... He's almost like a Sims character. Yeah, I know It's like someone's dressed him in a just really experimental way because they've got a little bit bored. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't think... I don't want people to, mis, to misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't think it's cool. I think he looks a bit like a tragic dad. 
but I but I enjoy watching him on TV. I I very much enjoy watching him, and yeah. and of course he was watching the West Brom QPR game as you just mentioned, Luke. And West Brom secured that second automatic promotion spot, so they are a Premier League club. We talked about Brentford just missing out, and that means that West Brom are promoted. Slaven Bilic back in the Premier League. Yeah, that's good news, isn't it? Also, have they still got that combi boiler mascot? Be good to see that in the <laughs> Premier that League. So? That, yeah, I believe so. Oh, yeah, I hope okay. they do. Um, because, yeah, it's. I, Without meaning to offend West Brom fans too much, it's as a neutral, it's quite hard to get excited about them getting promoted, isn't it? Because they have been such a yo-yo club. But you know, Slaven Bilic makes them very exciting, and obviously they've they've earned that place. We get Charlie Austin back there, yeah, and that's good as well. Always good. So yeah, joke. good luck to them. It is it's a joke. They've 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 limped over the line, West Brom. Haven't they? Mm. they didn't win any of their last four games. Got three mm. draws in their last four. Bilic looked very calm on the touchline. Like he, he, he looked did, like he, he seemed. He seemed like he, he kind of knew something that everyone else didn't. Well, he definitely knew when Brentford conceded because all of a sudden you saw them go quite defensive for their final few minutes of the game, as if to say, "We don't ball. need to go for this now. Yeah, yeah. A draw ball. is enough, boys. Yeah. Let's just calm the hell down." Yeah, it's so weird watching stuff like that unfold, isn't it? Because it was one of those rare times where there's so much happening. Almost, it's almost like the live TV. Um, broadcast of it gets overwhelmed but generally if you're watching something where there's that much breaking news it unfortunately tends to be something that's bad yeah uh, there's yeah. like a sort of big global news event so to see see a positive thing unfolding like that is just like pretty uniquely brilliant tv that's a really good point actually yeah normally when it's that fast paced or this it's really kind of it kind of transcends what's happening. It's mm. because of it's bad news. But I mean, listen, obviously, Jim, people who support, listen to this, who support Nottingham Forest oh. will will, oh. will will probably say that it was a bad yeah. news. It was bad news. Our, our uh, dear old, uh, one of our producers, Tom, who's a big uh, Forest oh. fan, he was absolutely gutted. But it, the thing I was, was winding him up a bit in you the were. WhatsApp group because my other half's a Derby fan. Right, okay. So, you and, know. But the thing is, don't you think Tom's um, kind of mindset was similar to a lot of Nottingham Forest fans I know, which is just like, yeah, we always, we always yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we would have done it in the playoffs anyway. So yeah. what once we get it out of the way? I, so I think fans of certain clubs that are a bit defeatist like that, you almost get annoyed when people uh, point out the the club's deficiencies because it's like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. So <laughs> yeah. actually, you're, you're that late. was um, that was a real real fall from grace though for Forest because all that I mean, literally, they needed a five goal swing and it ended up a six goal swing with, with an how own goal to top happened? it off. How was that? Honestly, how has that happened? Swansea with a huge win, means they secure that final um, playoff place in the championship and Forrest drop out. And it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from this next season. Do they keep their coach? We'll have to see how, how the rest of the summer unfolds. Can we just go back to West Brom, though? Because we've had this brilliant email from Elliot Jones, who is a Baggies fan, and he says, Ramblers, that was easily the most stressful and tense 95 minutes of football in my watching life. Very happy to be out of the championship, though. Even if we don't stay up in the Premier League, it's another year where I won't have to endure the weekly heart attacks associated <laughs> with a championship campaign. A busy summer needed for the Albion, but now it's time to celebrate up the baggies, big up Billich and boing bloody boy. <laughs> That's what football's all about. Yeah. That's what it's all about for uh, for, for a football fan. Um, look, I, I think I, I heard earlier in the week, you guys, I can't remember who was on the show. It certainly wasn't me, but talking about um, Leeds United. And I, I actually think Leeds United have got a much better chance of being successful in the Premier League next season than, than was, they were given credit for. Mm. Um, with West Brom, it's quite interesting because they've got... I know the players that will spring to mind, the players that we'll, we'll talk about or that we'll, that we'll think about, players like Kieran Gibbs, Hal Robson-Karnu, Charlie Austin, you know, Kamil Krasicki, uh, you know, maybe hasn't featured an awful lot, but they do have some good young players as well. I mean, they great. Dean Jana was great last night from what I saw. He's, his numbers are pretty decent. Um, 
Matthias Pereira has been really important for them. A lot of assists. So they do kind of have a core that they that they can build around. But it does depend, as as Elliot Huimardin sort of alludes to, it does depend on how they approach it. Because if you see what happened with Fulham last year, they 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 spent so much money, mm. and or the year before last, sorry, and then the, or last year, and then, and then this yeah. year they, they yeah. they're, they're no longer in the Premier League and they've missed out on getting promoted again. It didn't work for them. They end up cycling through managers. Yeah. So there are different ways to approach it. Um, so I suppose with West Brom having a, a bit of a history of being in the Premier League on occasion. Um, perhaps they'll um, perhaps they'll approach it in a slightly different way. Slaven Bilic has had some success in the Premier League mm. as, as a manager, hasn't he? So you never know. I think Leeds are standout. I think they're they're far and away um, um, the best team in, in the Championship as we've seen. They have um, a great, exciting team as well. And if they can convince Marcelo Bielsa to stay, I think they've got every chance because they were. I'm fairly certain he'll be back. Wasn't he uh, quite yeah. cute in his little Leeds Champions T-shirt last night? Oh, with it's the funny, Leeds yeah. celebration. Yeah. Bless him on their naughty bus. <laughs> yeah, that, that um, was a bit naughty. I saw. Um, I saw. Um, a good Twitter quote of that picture of him and this thing, and everyone's standing around him cheering it. And the quote was something like, "When your mate who never comes out to the pub finally comes out." <laughs> it's literally what, <laughs> what it looks like, like yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. I think it's it's mad that we're even having to have that conversation. Like, if Beals a stay, surely that will get sorted out and figured out. We'd, we'd love to see him up in the it, Premier it, League. It, right? it will be. I think from the club side, it absolutely will be. But you can never, you can never really know or understand what Beals is thinking. Mm. He makes mad decisions sometimes. And I don't think anyone at all thought he would stay after they missed out last season, yeah. right? but he did, and he's mm. done what he's done. Um, I'm not, I'm, I've no particular knowledge about whether he's staying or not. I'm just saying it's not done and dusted because he's quite an eccentric character. That's the only reason I'm saying it. He's probably got a PowerPoint presentation wearing up yeah. the pros and cons of whether he should stay or not. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he does. Do you think there's a chance he could get offered a better job though? It's not impossible, um... is it? There'll probably be quite a lot of um, chopping and changing. Go to Watford. <laughs> no, that, would, that would be an insult to the great club of Leeds United Jim and I'm distancing myself personally from that comment looking at the rest of the playoff picture though just to wrap things up at the top of the table as we said Forrest missed out Swansea snuck in and got that final sixth spot it's Cardiff Fulham and Brentford so it'll be fascinating to see who that third team is that manages to go up through the playoffs. Let's take a look at the relegation picture in the championship now because this was pointed out on Twitter by Colin Miller. This is this is amazing when you actually think about how it's ended up. After Hull beat Middlesbrough 2-1 on the 2nd of July, which was 20 days ago, the bottom five teams in the championship were Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Barnsley and Luton. And after last night's results, none of those five teams were relegated as things stand. And we have to point that out because Wigan, of course, may win their appeal for that 12-point deduction. But as things stand, Charlton, Wigan and Hull are the relegated teams. Barnsley were fantastic last night. We talked about the Brentford side of things. Mm. But for those Barnsley players to go out on the pitch and leave their absolute all out there Mm. was amazing the way they finished the season. They were bottom and seven points from safety when we restarted after lockdown and they've managed to get themselves out of it. Yeah, I think that um, I made the point a week or two ago. It might have been after the Leeds game, which they narrowly lost 1-0 to Leeds um, and they were decent in that game. Mm. They were very unlucky not to get something out of it. And then they they followed that game up obviously against the best team in the championship who they ran really close with two wins. Yeah. Every time I watch Barnsley, and admittedly it's not as many as much, as often as some people do, um, they've been all right. I, I, I was always really surprised to see them right that far down there and they've they've managed to escape pending that Wigan appeal, which I think most people think Wigan won't be successful with that appeal, so Barnsley should be fine. But it's not done and dusted yet. But another um, 
interesting point as I saw someone tweet, uh, Jake Saunders tweeted, Barnsley were in the relegation zone every week from the 15th of September until the 91st minute in the final game of the season and survived. Oh. Charlton ran it for one week all season and got relegated. Oh, no way. It can happen. Portsmouth won League 2 by being top of the table um, for 20 minutes at the final game of the season. It, 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 it's all about it's timing. It's incredible, isn't it's it? Of, but one thing that has... Um, if we assume that Wigan will be relegated, mm. one thing that is worth pointing out, I think, is that if you if you look at the teams that have gone down this season from the Championship, Hull, Charles, Charlton and Wigan, they all have one thing in common, which is that they've been run abysmally off the mm. pitch. And the, the mismanagement, that's nothing to do with the players or the manager, to my knowledge, has has, has consigned them to, to being relegated to the third tier. And it's a real shame. And it's, it's a part of an, not even an emerging pattern now, a regularly available pattern of football clubs, particularly outside the Premier League, and it's not sustainable, as we say, every year, um, which is kind of a bit weird because it still happens. But you feel like it's not a sustainable yeah. model. And, well, and I think the way Wigan, particularly recently, Charlton have had their problems for years, well documented, and the way Hull have, have gone, it's a very, very, very disappointing set of circumstances. Wigan, unusually as well, since that news, I say unusually, I wasn't expecting it, ever since we heard the news about the, you know, the, the takeover and the new owners and, and the problems behind the scenes, they would actually be third in the championship since the start of the year when you look at the they've points they've won. Form. They've yeah. been incredible. Only Brentford and Leeds have taken more points since the start of 2020 and yet they're being relegated. It, I mean, it's a it's a terrible situation. I've got a mate who's a Wigan fan and he's absolutely gutted about last night because unfortunately it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. It shows you a lot about focus, I think, doesn't it? And Barnsley are a good example of that as well. When especially, maybe, maybe the break actually helped these these teams and these players get more focus on what it was they needed to do because it was suddenly in, in a shorter period of time but if you have if you're so entirely completely focused on what it is you need to do and it's there's a clear objective like that clearly you can raise your game and and that if it matters more to you and you're more focused on it you can get results that might look a bit surprising from the outside especially in a league like the championship where it's so sort of kind of vast yeah, yeah. Mm. and I, th- I think you could also argue that you know if it's maybe a little bit difficult with Liverpool, who I know we'll come on to, because they were so far ahead. Mm. But if you take a team like Leeds and a team like West Brom, who've managed to to get promoted um, automatically, and sh- by the way, shout out to Chris Brandt, who I think might have played yeah. his last game for West Brom. He's been an amazing servant for them. I think he might retire at <clears throat> the age of 35, I was reading. So brilliant, brilliant uh, player over the years. But they have found it arguably harder because of the break. Mm. All this chat about people talking about, oh, should you, I know it's a bit cheeky and people are only doing it to get attention, essentially, but they're saying, oh, do you put an asterisk on a, on a title win or whatever because of this season? You could argue it's even harder. Yeah, In fact, they've completely gone down to no football again. They've had to rebuild from a standing start, essentially, with no match fitness and still managed to close it out. Um, particularly the way someone like Leeds play yeah. um, is incredible. And, 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 and the, the stat I read... Um, which really summed it up for me for Leeds, was the game after they secured promotion, they run the most of any game they've run this season. Wow. Which, I mean, if you think about how teams can drop off when they know they've already got something. Well, we saw it with Liverpool, Yeah, didn't we? It's, yeah. it's an incredible, incredible dedication mm-hmm. to Bielsa, who I know we come back around full circle and start talking about him again, which is, he's, he's that kind of character. It's, it's fascinating to me hearing players for Leeds talk about Bielsa. Because they don't just say, oh, it's been great because he's, because he's won us games and because he's picking me, which is essentially what people normally say. They say stuff like, he's the best manager in the world. Mm. He's the best manager I've ever worked with. He's, the, he's, he's completely changed how I think about football. Yeah. And you don't hear that that often. There was an amazing piece uh, in The Athletic about Calvin Phillips and about how Bielsa completely reinvented Calvin Phillips after he didn't go to Aston Villa 
um, when they got promoted, he decided to stay at Leeds. Bielsa repurposes him as his defensive midfielder. He's one of the best players in the championship now, even possibly even the best player in the championship. And he said, look, I, I had to start thinking about football in a completely different way. And it's incredible to have a manager do that, especially when he's in, of advanced years. He's been doing this for a very long time, mm. you know. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Uh, what about Luton, though, just at the bottom of the table? Managing to stay up for now, as we say, based on... Uh, depending on Wigan's situation with their points deduction. They were 10 points from safety in February. And last night, they only had one shot on target, but managed to score three, three goals. Oh, wasn't it a penalty? <laughs> yeah. So no shots on target from open play and where, one three. And one, that yeah. is three, when two. you've got luck on your side. Yeah. Amazing. Like that, that, I don't know, that does kind of play into the, the sense that the Champions League, uh, the Champions League, the Championship is this sort of chaotic vortex on the last day Proper. where, you know, circumstances will just happen to you rather than, yeah. you know, by you. You've got, to, you've got to go with the current of the uh, of the, of the river, basically. It's madness. Just, just float along with it. And we should also say, by the way, there could be a Cardiff Swansea player finals. Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, Absolutely that would amazing. be tasty, wouldn't it? And a quick nod to uh, the Warlock, Neil Warnock. He's managed yeah. to keep Boris safe. He was brought in for that job and he's done it. People just stopped has. thinking about it as soon as yeah. they hired didn't they? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, that's done then. No one even mentioned it. They won their final game of the season as well, didn't yeah, they? Two, yeah, they beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1. And of yeah. course, Neil Warnock's a, a Sheffield United fan. So a little bit of extra oh, it's always love little, in that. There's always a little bit of sweet, sweet sugar in there for Neil somewhere. Yeah, always. All right, <laughs> let's take a break. After this, we're talking all about the Premier League. You're listening to the Football Ramble with me, Jules. I'm here with Jim and Luke on the day after Liverpool finally lift the Premier League trophy. And it was after an unbelievable final game at Anfield of the season. Liverpool beating Chelsea 5-3, an eight-goal thriller. All sorts going on, some incredible goals to witness. And of course, the trophy lift to cap things off as well. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It had no right to be that good. A lot of it <laughs> yeah. was because, as we've discussed before, Chelsea have a keeper that doesn't make any saves. I just find um, that baffling. I know. I, I know whenever you mention the word keep, keep Kepper, I just jump in and everyone just rolls their eyes because I need to talk about Kepper again. Um, but it is, I mean, carry on, Jim. I just want to make yeah. it clear for the record. It is mad. Yeah, I mean, I want to I want to join you on this bandwagon, Lee, because <laughs> the fifth goal was the only one he really attempted to make a save No one for. mentions it now. No. He's, he's lowered expectations to the point where he just doesn't make saves. People just say, oh, he comes out of his area quite well and he, mm. and he, and he can pass the ball well. I don't want to sound like you know Uncle Albert from Only Fools and Horses, but during the war, goalkeepers used to make <laughs> saves. Yeah, and that's part of it. Yeah, this it is, should be part of it. This is a man who was once so confident. Maurizio Sarri subbed him off, and he went, "No, nah, I'm staying on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But where has that confidence gone? Okay, you can stay on, but will you try and make some saves? Yeah. <laughs> How mad was that situation when you think about it? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird when you think back to that moment. Your manager is telling you to get off the pitch. And yeah. you're going, nah, I'm staying. Yeah. That just don't, never happens. And we yeah. were reminded about that last night when we were yeah. chatting about it. It's it and... so weird. Yeah. I mean, it was. I think it was because he, there was some confusion over whether he was actually injured or not. But still, it was all very, very strange and yeah. unedifying for everybody. But I just, yeah, he just looks so shot of confidence. And there was a, there was a corner late on. Um, and it, there was a bit of an in-swinger. He left it. And you could hear all the Chelsea players, like three or four of them going, Kepa, Kepa. Right. And they don't trust him at all. Right. They're terrified of him. It's like he's been hypnotised and he lives in a world where he yeah. has to play in goal, but he can't <laughs> touch the ball and he can't figure out a solution for that. Yeah. And it sounds, it looks nightmarish. I feel yeah. sorry for the guy. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. I, mean, <laughs> I remember playing, when I played amateur football, we had a keeper, a couple of players in the team didn't really rate. 
And um, it was really bad. If he, if he made a mistake, which happened all the time, because with goalkeepers, it's all, a lot of it's all about confidence. The, one of the midfield players didn't rate him. would just scream at the manager, who's on the bench? Who have we got on the bench? And he's like, <laughs> you can't be doing that. I mean, if, if they're doing like, the equivalent of that at the very top level, yeah. at the home of the champions, it's probably a bit problematic. But look, Pulisic looks amazing when he came on. Oh, what a so goal good. from him. Amazing player. Uh, looks so, so good. I can't believe Why it. didn't he start? Yeah, I was about to say that. I can't believe mm. he didn't start the game. But, but the Liverpool... It was interesting because Liverpool looked like the better team for the majority of, of the game. Obviously, they score five goals, they win, they're the best team in the league, and we know that. But there was an element of jeopardy. Part of the thing that made this game so good is that Chelsea scored just before half-time. Yeah. And then they peg it back to 4-3 because Pulisic comes on and almost tries, threatens to change the game. Of course, Chelsea push, and then Liverpool catch him out on the break, and he end up 5-3. Amazing game to watch. A really, really great game to watch. And... Um, yeah, just just very very enjoyable stuff. And mm. another Trent Alexander Arnold free oh kick. That's just, like, how is he so good? It's yeah. actually it's ridiculous. Mad. It's just amazing from from those free kick spots. Oh, it's, and his his assist record is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's twelve again, isn't it? He's equalled last season's record with a game to go as well. So who knows? He might get. He I might think he might that. have the same amount of assists across the last couple of seasons as Kevin De Bruyne. <sighs> And he's and he's a fullback. I mean, do you think he will stay as a fullback? There's been a lot of debate about this because I think Klopp I said he could he even does. play in the middle. I mean, I it's an incredible know. weapon to have, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I just think he's so dangerous on that right hand side for to to have a player like that in your team as a fullback. Yeah, I think obviously be a like waste to move wait, him anywhere. Yeah, else I think so. I think it would be a waste, and and also because Liverpool do have so many options in their midfield and and their attack. I think keep him at right back. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see though whether they do try and try and mix things up. But what a game it was! Incredible goals. Um, of course, it means that Liverpool now undefeated at home in three seasons for the first time in their history. They haven't lost a game at Anfield for over three seasons that's, now. That's an incredible that's stat. I feel I feel I feel a little bit conflicted about how you judge this Liverpool side based on what's transpired since. I know it's tricky because we've had we had a big interruption in the season, but I feel like obviously they're probably going to go on to get ninety nine points. They're probably going to win thirty two games out of thirty seven, which is incredible, and um, they're going to be worthy champions by a distance. And we know they're the best team in the Premier League this season, obviously. But Jim, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of a way of phrasing this without coming across as I'm trying to deliberately wind up Liverpool fans, which I'm not. Um, I feel like they probably, you probably will though. Well, I'll probably end up doing it in, inadvertently, but I, I, I feel like they could have done more. I feel like they could have won every game at home this season, which was I don't think has been certainly not been done before in in the, in the recent past. They could have broken the points record. They didn't. They could have gone undefeated. They didn't. They didn't win any other trophies either. It's I know, technically they're still the Champions League winners. Well, course, they won the Club World Cup, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, but you understand what I mean. Yeah, it's like yeah. you, domestic training. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to almost think out loud, trying to judge how you rate a team in terms of the this, in terms of like the the the, the, the pantheon of, of Premier League winners. Because you think at United yeah. of '99, they win the treble. You know, you've got Mourinho's '05 team. You've got the Invincibles. You've got Ancelotti's Chelsea win the double. I'm just trying to place them in my yeah. own mind I think that the, the problem is we've had this enforced tortoise and hare situation for teams like Liverpool and you know this kind of goes back to what we were saying about Leeds and West Brom as well where um, you just they've had to have this big weight and that's going to have a psychological effect and mm. obviously winning the league after the frustration of that is going to have another knock on one but I know what you mean there were times earlier on in the season we were thinking are they going to win every game Yeah, because they looked like a machine that was were going to not just you know not lose but would win every mm. single game and it's almost it's a little bit disappointing to see this incredible feat not be achieved but I mean that's our problem 
rather than theirs. Oh, they've been, like, of course, they're worthy. I mean, listen, they're 18 points ahead or whatever it is. They're, yeah. they're worthy champions. I mean, I, th- I think the, what an incredible start just to flip it around to the Chelsea side again is that Chelsea have conceded more goals in the Premier League this season than Brighton. Oh, have great. Chelsea or has Kepa? He's part of it. Yeah. I mean, you wonder whether it's because they haven't really got that many standout defenders, Chelsea. Well, this is it. We were talking about this yesterday, weren't they? Weren't we? Like, if you, who, who's Chelsea's best defender? You know, yeah. it's, it's you probably, maybe Rudiger, but I think Rudiger's not Quetta? consistent enough. Yeah, again, like, it's it's not obvious, is it? It's yeah. not standout. No. They ain't got a Virgil, have they? Absolutely not. And, you know, a few teams has, do, but a yeah. lot of teams <laughs> at least have a sort of equivalent. And I think that's something that they've just desperately got to address. Um, they're not great at set pieces, um, as was discussed a lot in the in the commentary yesterday. Um, not understandably, and um, not unreasonably, rather. And, yeah, they. Uh, it's, it's a funny one with Chelsea, because... I've, while they've got these obvious problems, they're so obvious that they must be fixable. Yeah. And I feel like more than any team in the league, I feel like if they stick with Frank Lampard, stick with their manager, stick with what they're doing, I can see them winning a title in maybe three years. I don't think Liverpool will be able to keep up this sort of dominance forever because I don't know if anyone can. Man City, who knows if Pep Guardiola will be there. I think if they can back Lampard, get better defenders in and he's got to fix the goalkeeper situation yeah. like that's without question yeah. uh, which they might hilariously try to do with Dean Henderson oh that would be um, <laughs> imagine that United can't keep him because they can't get rid of De Gea and Chelsea sneak, sneak in um, they, I mean yeah, the, thing, I, the, one, the other thing Jim is that they haven't is if you're going to go down that road I don't know how you feel about this Jules but all the moves that Chelsea have made so far have been forward players yeah, yeah. They're, and they're, they're still looking at adverts on, as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They're focusing on the attack, which seems strange considering the amount of defensive issues they have. Yeah. I do think that in, when, when you talk about Chelsea's defence, aside from the goalkeeper, the fact that the goalkeeper is under so much criticism and is in the spotlight and has been pretty much for the whole season, that will affect the back line of oh, Chelsea. Totally. There's no doubt about it that psychologically that will affect your back line. It's, it's like you see the difference in Liverpool since bringing Alisson into the team. And I know that that coincided with the arrival of Virgil van Dijk. So of course that's going to be a huge lift. But I think Liverpool's defence would have improved regardless just by bringing in that goalkeeper. Yeah, because the amount yeah. of confidence a really solid goalkeeper can give that back line it makes such a difference yeah absolutely it's, and you, it's all part of it sure. you want your goalkeeper shouting at you as a defender you don't want to be shouting at him <laughs> I never want to see Jorginho caught out in a counter-attacking situation Oof, no. again as well that's just offensive to my eyes <laughs> how a player of that level can be so slow is unbelievable I mean he's great at what he does would Jorginho. you beat him in a race Probably not. Probably not now. But I mean, how old is Jorginho? He's he's twenty eight. So he's got eleven years on me. <laughs> Does a twenty eight year old Jorginho run faster than me? Probably, but it's closer than it should be for, 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 <laughs> for a Premier League player. footballer. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what about the trophy lift, boys? Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's not how Liverpool would have wanted to do it. They would have loved to have a full stadium yeah. of fans. But yeah. in the circumstances that we had. They made the best of the situation, didn't they? they? It was like an absolute rave. I love the fact that that's like a rave. I wondered how like long we were going to be privy to it for. Like whether (laughs) Sky were going to go to the pub with them. Well, they were playing Kanye West, all the lights for for a good five minutes on loop, weren't they? While they were waiting for the players to come out of the dressing room. It's like Fiorentina playing um, Depeche Mode. (laughs) As you guys were saying the other day, but but you know um, the real the real heads were watching it on Ginny Wijnaldum's Instagram Live. I had I had again a split screen situation going on. Wijnaldum's Insta story on my on my phone and yeah. then it, the the main bit on the telly. He was Sadio Mane was watching it on Georgie Wijnaldum. Yeah, oh, that's weird. actually annoying than, yeah. me. 
live it. Same. I, I was thinking to myself, you can download this right now with your own eyes and ears if you yeah. want, Marnie. He was yeah. literally like when you've got like a, a moody teenager sat around the family dinner table yeah. that doesn't want to pay any attention to conversation and they're sitting there just texting their mates or sitting on Snapchat or something. But this is your team winning the Premier League yeah. title. Yeah. Come on, Marnie. Pay attention. <laughs> I, I, I did Soak feel, it up. I, I, said, I, I might have said it to you guys at the time um, and maybe you didn't agree with me. I can't really remember. But I... I felt actually felt quite sorry for Liverpool last night. Yeah. I just it just I couldn't get a feeling out of my mind that they'd waited so long for this. And I know, and I know how much and I don't I don't agree with all this kind of Liverpool exceptionalism. It matters more to us, blah blah which they which they do yeah, say. Yeah, and that was part of a montage yesterday on the TV, which I don't agree with personally, but that's that's just my opinion. Same. But they waited thirty years for a top. They're a massive club. They're they're among the two biggest clubs in in the country, and they're one of the biggest clubs in Europe. And they've waited thirty years for a Premier for for a league title, which is unusual, shall we say? Yet the fans who've supported them for so long in such a passionate way aren't there to see the trophy being raised. I felt sorry for the club. Yeah. I, I felt sorry for the fans, particularly. Um, it felt a bit like a facsimile of a of a trophy presentation, which I suppose it was always going to do. But um, to me, that it was a bit bittersweet. And so if you're a Liverpool fan, um, I imagine you feel that 100 times more than I do. But it doesn't take away from the fact they've been brilliant and Absolutely. that the players yeah. look really happy to be there, of course. And it meant a lot to them. I just wish the fans could have been there to celebrate with them. Yeah, I mean, you never walk alone is a pretty unique thing in football. Like the, the way they belt that song out and when it, when it's really, when it really matters, you know, when, when they're winning things, it's, an, it's, an, it's a spine-tingling thing. Yeah. And for that to not be able to happen with the fans in the stadium mm. at the end is a, is a real shame. We, we, you know, we've all missed that, not just Liverpool fans, because mm. that would have been brilliant. Some great little, um, great little uh, nuggets as well in the broadcast. Um, one, that Adrian lives in Carragher's house. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that. the bit as well where yeah. um, Martin Tyler was up saying Carragher went, oh, sorry, mate, Jim, Carragher just went, he can live rent free for a year. Is that <laughs> yeah. what you were going to say? Yeah, no, sorry, said, as yeah. long as he wants. Yeah, that's it. Like, Roll back from that. Yeah, that's we, silly money. He's, that. to, he's probably doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you know what, Adrian? That's absolutely not true. And it's um, not legally binding and, anyway. Uh, and don't yeah. be late this month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you're probably out on the town. Um, yeah. Another thing was Graham Soonis being close to tears at one point. And oh, yeah. The thing, you hear rumours from within football. Um, I don't know if, if either of you have much experience of Graham Sooners up close, but um, that he's actually a really lovely man yeah. and that it's actually quite disarming and he's very, very different in person from, from how he is on screen and what you might expect. But when he was saying to, to Virgil van Dijk that like, it was just like, you've just been brilliant. You've just been, you've been brilliant. It, it, was, it wasn't quite fanboying because he's got too much status mm. to ever really be doing that. But there was just a sincerity and a genuine warmth to it that was really, really sweet and really, just really enjoyable. Yeah. Mm. And a shout out to Kelly Cates as well, yeah. who's just ever the professional in that excellent. situation, as a Liverpool fan, as a as a young girl growing up and, and watching Liverpool with her dad as the manager and then seeing this moment come mm. back around 30 years after they've won, you know, the, the title and, and, and just being part of that celebration, you could see in her eyes as well just yeah. how happy and delighted she was, yet she had to obviously remain professional and, and try and keep the show all together because that must have been such a difficult thing to kind of manage. It was so loud in the stadium. It's a te techie point, but they couldn't hear each other either, could they? No, they couldn't at all. But the interview with Jurgen Klopp, what about that? I mean, he yeah. is just such a good character, isn't he? And he acted like a Liverpool fan last night, which was so good to see. Yeah. I loved him kind of like doing his own little dancing on the pitch. He was obviously, he was um kind of looking up to, to the stands. I'm assuming some of his family might have been let yeah. in for it last night. So it was nice that he could at least have some form of celebration. As we've already said, a shame the fans couldn't be there, though. Yeah. And, and 
on the Sooness point, I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, he won so much at Liverpool. He won, you know, was it five league titles, won three European Cups. Like, whenever, whenever um, Sooness is punditing, and sometimes he says stuff you don't agree with, and we've been critical of him on this show in the past for different reasons, but sometimes they'll flash a banner up and you'll go, oh, yeah. It'll be it'll be something ridiculous, like won four hundred and sixty trophies for Liverpool. It's like okay, fair <laughs> yeah. enough. You, know, you, you can't forget that. Yeah, I'm too young to remember him as a player, yeah. so uh, many many people will be. But um, so obviously it means a lot to him. He had his best years in one of the best club sides of all time, and and they've waited so long. And I think he didn't he say, or it might have been John Barnes who said, I didn't think we'd have to wait three years for another trophy. Yeah, yeah. And we've had to wait thirty. So in perspective, it's a massive deal. Did you guys feel sorry for Takumi Minamino? Oh, I really oh, so did. Much it actually so. broke my heart. Yeah. I was just sat there watching it thinking, oh, someone put their arm around him. Yeah. Bring him into the why did you For those who didn't see it, explain why. Yeah, so basically when all the players were going up to collect their medals, Minamino goes up and, and he's obviously not quite friendly enough with everyone to sort of feel like mm. he's really part of this team that have won the league. So he sort of stood to the side and looked a little bit like a, a fish out of water, didn't he? Yeah. And I just wanted someone to go and just put their arm around him and bring him in. And he, he just looked a bit awkward, didn't he? He did. And like he's only been there since January. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know. Um, it, perhaps there's a language barrier. Who knows? Maybe that's a, maybe that's just a daft assumption. But um, it certainly looked like he didn't know where to be or who yeah. to be with. He was like, with, you know. Yeah. New kid at school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the, a periphery guy. I'm a periphery guy. <laughs> it's horrible. Do you remember, do you remember that um, you're never a periphery guy when I'm around you? Do you remember, um, do, you, do you think it's possibly because he, there's two things that could, have, could be at play. One is that um, what you've said and the other one is that because he's already won a league title this season with Salzburg, he's like bothered. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've already got one of these. He's won two in one season. <laughs> That's got to be, that's got to be a first, I can't. It? I can't think of anyone else doing no. that. It, it must have happened in the past. Latan. I yeah, think probably. Might have done yeah. that. Yeah. But there, there was a really, there was a really, yeah. Where did he go after that? Inter, maybe? Juventus, wherever it was. You reckon it might be Zlatan? I, 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 I think I, Zlatan I, might have done that. It's entirely possible. But speaking Someone of, tell us. Yeah. Speaking of um, of um, someone putting their arm around him, you know when they were all taking their turns to lift the trophy? Mm. <laughs> Henderson did go over to him and so, literally it looked like he was saying to him, do you want to have a go? Oh. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. See, that is, and they took that him is over. brilliant, oh, brilliant captaincy, isn't, isn't it? it? That is yeah. quite sweet. The other bit that I thought was funny is when they were doing the You'll Never Walk Alone, they were all stood in a line. There was this element of like segregation of groups. So you had all the cool kids to one side. You had like, <laughs> Who are you your know, cool kids in the, your the, mind? The cool kids are like Andy Robertson, Virgil van Dijk, Jordan Henderson. They were all kind of in one little group together. Yeah. And then you had all the coaching staff down the other end. And in the middle, you had the sort of fringe players. Right. Bless them. And you just the felt, youngsters. Yeah, the youngsters. Or the Lana involved. Minamino was in that bit. Was he? Okay. Oh. Yeah. I hope he gets promoted to the cool gang. He's just got really to find do. his group. Yeah. And he? he's, he's got... cool. Look, he is he's cool. Got amazing hair. Yeah, he is cool. Takes time though, guys. Yeah. yeah. Can't be true. cool straight away. I'm still finding my way with the Ramble crew. That's true. No, that's not true. You're, 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 you're running things now. Did you see Alison erotically shaking the champagne as well? Oh yeah. The thing about it is, is I, 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 I saw... sounded like I enjoyed that bit. <laughs> well, this, this is the thing, George. Yeah, you see Alison go and grab the champagne. You think, oh, he's not going to put it in his crotch and pretend it's a cock. Oh, he is going to do that. Oh, to be fair, it does actually look quite sexy. Yeah. I would do he, that. Hundred percent. You, <laughs> you got a bottle of champagne. You got to make the most of it. You wouldn't waste it. <laughs> no, definitely not. He's a Hemsworth. Oh, I don't yeah. care. He's a another Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Liam Hemsworth like looks more like him than Chris Hemsworth. But there's a I don't believe he's not a Hemsworth. There's too strong a Hemsworth vibe <laughs> because I, it makes me question my own sexuality, and that is rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the the Hemsworth brothers are the absolute dream, aren't they? Uh, mm. Let's move on and talk about um, the well, the top 
four situation now is getting even more exciting because it will obviously go down to the final day of the season on Sunday, which Marcus and uh, you, Luke, you're going to be here tomorrow with Andy as well yeah. to kind of preview all the weekend's games. Chelsea need a point in their home game against Wolves to confirm top four. Manchester United West Ham last night, which was the earlier game, finished one all, which means a draw for United against Leicester will be enough on Sunday. So that's how it's all going to pan out on the last day. But let's talk a bit about the game and the West Ham equaliser. Let's start with that because Paul Pogba gave away a penalty in different fashion. No, the West Ham went, went to... a goal ahead, didn't they? Did they go they ahead? Did, yes. I think they went a goal Sorry, up. they went yeah. a goal ahead. Yeah, and they so it was it was unusual to see a, a Premier League footballer give away a penalty in this fashion, yeah. especially of Paul Pogba levels. Unusual to see a Man United player make a save as well. <laughs> <laughs> it Absolutely. was it was bizarre. That ball is coming at him at some pace, so perhaps it's instinctive. I'm sure all of us would do the That's same. That's exactly what but I would do. We are not World Cup winning yeah. footballers. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a it's a very exact situation where you think he's he's got to be doing better than that because he tried to cover it up as well, didn't he? He tried to pretend he'd been hit in the face. It certainly looked that way anyway. And but I I, I, I the thing I liked about what Paul did was it, it was technically very good. But he got down to kind of one knee. It was a cross with both hands. It was like a superhero Marvel kind of, this is how like I would defend landing. Street fighter. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Hadouken. Yeah. And, and so I liked that part of it. Um, it came from so far away from him that it's a bit of a, uh, perhaps it's outdated. Perhaps it's like an old fashioned opinion. But it's certainly a prevailing um, bit of wisdom in football which says that you don't turn your back on the ball and you don't you don't shy away from yeah, it. You have to you have face to, in there. You have to Take one face in the face. Well, Gary Neville did say, I mean, and you know, he's he's held up as you know the, one of the best pundits around. Gary Neville's direct quote was, "You don't do that. You take it in the grid." Yeah, <laughs> the that's grid. what he said. So, so I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that. I'm just saying that that's that is the prevailing wisdom. And you know, someone made a point on on Twitter saying that perhaps if you've got to choose between giving away a penalty with, with a handball and a broken nose, maybe the law needs to change. So good. It's a reasonable point, but it, the, in this fair, but in this case, the ball comes from so far away mm. that he can do a number of different things. It, I, the only thing I can think of is I haven't seen the replay is that he wasn't looking. So yeah. maybe he's looking where his um his mark his man needs to mark is or he should be. It sort of came and at too last quickly. minute. He looks up and mm. just does that instinctively. Yeah. It's possible. Could I he suppose. have saved it with his feet? <laughs> yeah, De Gea would have tried. <laughs> yeah. He could have jumped, yeah. but I think he surely would have jumped had he. Had what you've just said not been the case, Luke, I think it's. Yeah. I don't think Paul Bogba um, does that in training. No, I wouldn't have thought it's, it's, it's not a, something you practice. I don't, no, think, no, exactly. I don't think he bothers training. Um, <laughs> no, he does. But did, did you see the Curb Your Enthusiasm moment? Oh, the camera. It yeah. was. Where Antonio ended up the hair, which Oaken about it. Uh, I'm not no, sure. No, it was Fernandez. Fernandez. Right. Fernandez. Yeah. But Pogba in the background, the death stare. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh those yeah. eyes. He was burning a hole in the back of Antonio's head. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, was yeah. not happy at all. I, I, I found, just to talk about the game itself, one thing I did find really noticeable, and I'm sure there are other teams that this is relevant for, but United are, are, are a team of a certain size, of a certain reputation, so it's obvious to me, is that. Um, about halfway through the first half, it became really obvious that they dropped off in intensity. Mm. And I just wondered whether if the fans had been there, that had happened. Yeah. I feel like there's a big reputation of United. They always do that attack, attack, attack mm. kind of chart and they really give their team a good, a good lift. And that's not been there, obviously. And you could see a noticeable decline in intensity, which then ended up with them going a goal behind. And 
I just I just thought I'd mention it because it's not really we, we've sort of settled into a reality now where there's no fans. Mm. I just think it's worth pointing out that Absolutely. it does seem to affect stuff still. Completely, you're, you're, you know, you've got thousands of cheerleaders there, and there's an atmosphere that you can read in a way that uh, isn't necessarily going to be there. It's like we were talking about QPR on the on the show earlier in the week. They, they would I, I don't actually know if they would they did it in the end or not, but they were certainly talking about having chants. Yeah. Like regular songs pumped in to help the players out, so yeah. clearly there's you know there's some uh, some credence to that. Um, but it's worth saying. I think West Ham are very good again. Yeah, um, they've been all right since they're the, pretty the solid. Uh, enjoyed. It's a job. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like the ferryman has taken them close to shore, showing them gone, what could. Oh, happen. look at that! Yeah, it's horrible in there. Yeah, let's go back. We'll stay yeah. up, but yeah. you know, don't forget yeah. that. Yeah. Speaking of West Ham managers, I did some sums yesterday. That's not my area of strength, so apologies if I've got this wrong. But I think I'm right in saying that <laughs> that Mark Noble has played for 47% of all the permanent managers in West Ham's history. Wow. They've actually, like, yeah. until fairly recently, they yeah. haven't had a lot of managers. I think they've only they? had 17 in total. Wow. And he's played for eight of them. I was also intrigued to see that uh, Mark Noble didn't take the penalty. He normally always takes pens. Is, or have I missed that? Is that something that's changed? Yeah, that's Recently? right. I guess it must have been. Because Antonio took it. Yeah, I mean, and Antonio's sort of all action for Moyes, yeah. isn't he? He loves him. Just like, you just lead the line on your own and mm. incredibly it works really well somehow, he's, despite he's, all the odds. He's been the best player. Yeah. And oh, the, yeah. The, 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 the amount of money they've they've shelled out for players. For Mikel Antonio to still be their best player. I'd like, I mean, I'd, West Ham fans won't thank me for saying this, but I'd like to um, see Antonio play at a high level. I think he's, I think he's got an awful lot to offer. Like I don't know if he's properly found his level yet. Mm. I know he's thirty now, so maybe that will never happen. I think he's a great player. Well, he so. might yet find that there. You yeah, know, maybe. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they should. You know, they they flirted with relegation, but obviously it's very good for them that they've stayed up. Um, but they they, do but they should like never have been down there. Exactly. And yeah. West Ham's oh, they should be much higher. Yeah. They? they should be much higher in the league than they are. No question about that. Mm. And they they will. I would expect get there next season. Mm. I don't think it will be. Uh, this that bad but you always think that about West Ham well, this is it <laughs> <laughs> every single season well yeah. look uh, on tomorrow's show as I said Luke you're going to be back Andy yeah. Russell's going to be here as Seeds well one and, and two Marcus. in the Luke's game it'll be tomorrow Ooh. yeah Big Make sure you stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be previewing the final day of the Premier League season, which, of course, is on Sunday. So lots to look forward to, Jim. Luke, thanks for today. See Cheers. you soon, Ramblers. This was a Stakhanov production.